So starting with Simon Kouf. By the way, did you get questions for me? Mm -hmm. did. Okay, and if you if you notice, if you write up answers to them, you, it's a good Hazar. Yeah, yeah. So and by the way, I will just study those answers. I'll. That's what I'll ask you. Okay, because the whole idea is again not to trick you. It's to get you to know the stuff, right? So okay. So what is the actual? You can do. I, you can make an appointment whenever you want to, because you don't have to do it in writing. You can just. We have a coffee. If I if if I get Splenda, then it'll be a good meeting. If I don't, <laughs> then it'll be a tough one. Um, Baruch Hashem, I have to say things are pretty good for me these days. So, even though I haven't, um, uh, so I'm very happy. I although I am um, overdue on my Purim to go article, so I have to finish that. Okay, so starting with Simon Kuf, we're off in another direction entirely until we get back to more Yesodos. The next Yesod we're going to do is No St. Tom Lifgam, which is a huge one. But now we're on the exceptions that prove the rule. And these are the rabbinic exceptions to the laws of Beetle. So when I say rabbinic, that seems so simple, but you have to remember that rabbinic strictures are always modeled on Isere Diorisa. And so we're going to need to understand the relationship between the two. All these things are generally lumped together. The things we're going to see, Beria, Chaticha, Ruyalis, Kabeba, Davrash, all these exceptions to the laws of, of Bitor are always um, classified together as Devarim Chashuvim, all the things that appear in the next few um, Simani. So they can be simply categorized as Dvarim Hashuvim and therefore outside the realm of Bitul. So I want to first ask, what does the word Dvarim Hashuvim, what does the term Dvarim Hashuvim mean? Yeah, so, yeah, I know. I want to avoid the error of um, what's called equivalent translation, right? So you think in your mind, Hashuv, you think important. Important, right? Well, in, in essence, what we deem is important is, is the considerable. I mean, it, it's almost like a game of semantics. Yeah, it may be, but I think that's important. So right. I want to, you know, um, if I could mention um, maybe uh, Ludwig Wittgenstein, the giant of 20th century philosophy, who said baby, we shouldn't look at language as a mirror of reality with a one-to-one -one correspondence to objects in the real world. So in his later writings, Wittgenstein writes that the meaning of words is to be understood in the way in which they're used in their social context. So that's what I want to talk about a little bit. Okay, The same thing is true for translation, by the way. There's no one-to-one -one correspondence between words in different languages, or at least there isn't always. Okay. And by the way, there's a philosophical term for this. It's called incommensurability. And it happens to be the topic of uh, Rabbi Mark Gottlieb, if you remember him, his uh, PhD thesis. Um, but I want to understand it in its halachic uh, context as much as I love to dwell on Rabbi Gottlieb, who's a good friend. It would seem that the very first example of Zvarim Chashuvim, which we're going to study now, supports this incommensurability thesis, namely that it doesn't mean... Hi there, welcome back. Thank you very much. Very you, you had a good trip? Wonderful trip. Good. You? Uh, it couldn't have been better. Excellent. The only thing could have been better if... I was on Amik Rufaim, and the guy tapped me on the shoulder and said, I'm here, and it was the Mashiach. That's the <laughs> only thing that could have been better, but it didn't happen. Um, there was somebody who did think he was the Mashiach, but proved to be... <laughs> he was on to be, uh, Yeah, he proved to be a disappointment. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So you were on Amik Rufaim also? No, I was there a lot. Oh, right. Fulfilling the uh, mitzvah of Yishuv Eretz Yisrael Balate. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, so this first example of Tvarim Chashuvim that we're studying now, these are Tvarim Sheinam Tehli, right? Yeah. The very first example fits what this incommensurability thesis. What do I mean? We see in the Gemara in Makos, I sent you out some uh, Mikoros, by the way, for, um, I hope you got them. If you didn't, um, you'll see that every one of the Mikoros is in the, uh, the Beis Yosef. Um, if you look in Gemara and Makos, a nimala, a small bug, usually translated as an ant, is a davar chashush enobatel. Now, it cannot be that a nimala, usually translated as an ant, um, is in the social context, you, you know, it can't be that we could say that it's, you know, important. Um, how can an ant be termed a davar chashush? 
So from that context, I think the better, that's why I think the better way to understand the term is via its Hebrew root to think or to consider. And I give you the Pasuk in Avram Avinu, Vahemim Bashem, Vayachshiveha Lod Right? Here the word has the force of considered. And I think that is the meaning of the word in its halacha context here. There are Dvarim Chashuvim, things that one would consider if they were known to be in the pot, whether or not they're meaningless, they're small, they're not worth anything, they don't change the value. But if you know that there's a fly in the soup, you're aware of it, it's considerable. Allowing Beetle to operate when their presence is not nullified in the mind of the one who's confronted by the Tarovis prevents the Torah institution of Beetle from appearing arbitrary, so to speak. And I think that's what Chazal had in mind, but I have no source for that. That I think what they want to make it seem is not a game in the mind of the participant, and therefore it might potentially weaken the institution in his eyes. So I'm therefore have proposed since the first year the translation considerable things, meaning things that remain in our ken, so to speak. So there are aspects of Bitul Iser Beheter that are cognitive in nature, as we've already seen. This is to me is just another one. Okay? Make my notes a little brighter since I'm getting older. So how we build the meaning of the term barrier may also be an exercise in incommensurability. The word means generally what? A creature, right? From the word lifro, right? Let's explore its halachic definition. So the Gemara in Gita Nashev, if you want to open up uh, to Tzadi Vav Amut Beis, and you'll recognize this, it mentions barrier quite casually. So the Mishnah says, "Gita Nasha Shenis Basheli Megidi Bizman Shemakiro Beno Saint Tom Bizman Shemakiro." Rashi says, "You take it out and throw it away, and then the rest is just a sixty because it's only a question of plata." Vimlav Kulan Asurin Varotev Beno Saint Tom. So when the Gita Nasha is cooked with other Gidim, we encounter two possible sources of Isur. There's the Atzmus Hagid, the Gid itself, and the Tama di Sura, the plata. So the Mishnah tells us that when one knows which one is the Gita Nasha, the first source, Atzmus Iser, can be eliminated by just removing it from the Tarobas, right? Okay. Then it's just a matter of the second source, Pleitas Tama Disura, and now let's go to Tzadi Tesamud Beis, to the bottom, something we've seen before. And the Gemara asks, Velif Tul Beruba, why isn't the Gid, when you are let, when you don't know which one it is, why? Isn't the Gid and Asha just a question of rove? Why shouldn't this Gid be Batel Ben Agidim? It's Yavesh be Yavesh. You pull out all the Gidim. The Gid, qua the other Gidim, is just a question of Yavesh be Yavesh, which is Chad betray. So the Gemara's answer is a, sim- is a simple one, but it leaves out a lot of the details. Beria Shani. Full stop. That's it. Gid and Asha is a Beria, and therefore it's not Batel Barov. And so the tour writes in Sif Aleph, Kol davar shehu beria, eno batel liolam. By the way, if you look at Tosus here, and you'll see, he says, eno batel, says, it's beria shane, says, afilu midurabonin, right? It's not even batel midurabonin. So, from this Gemara, we have no characteristics of the word beria. Let's see if we can tease some out. The tour gives a brief definition by way of three examples and a single principle. Okay? Kigon Nimala, like from the Gemara in, in uh, um, Makos, O Of Tame, which appears later here, O Avraminachai, the Kayotse and here's his principle. Sheim Yechalek, Ein Shmoalav. So let's take the Tours examples and his Klau one by one. Starting with the Of Tame, we already talked about the Nimala. Notice what the Tour doesn't say. 
a kosher species of oaf that was rendered nivela through improper shechita or died on its own is not a barrier. It's not enough to have been created rather than made. So clearly, these are you know not man-made things. These are things that were created. The word may come from the shorish bara and signify animal and perhaps vegetable. We're going to see about that soon. But apparently needs something else to qualify. So let's flip back to Siman Lamid Gimel in the in the rush. Let me see. I had I thought I had sent out these sources. I have Makoros. Mm-hmm. I collected all of them to make it easier for you. Hold on a second. Let me see if I can. Uh, when did you send? I can uh, before I left for Israel. Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. Okay, mm-hmm. let's look. I have been known to be um, fallible. There are only two people who never make mistakes in the entire universe. My wife and her mother. Mm-hmm. Here they are. Okay, I'm gonna see. do you have internet here? Are you guys, any of you? Home? No, no computer. It doesn't make any sense, so I'll send it to you anyway. Send it to you sent me an email last week that we weren't going to meet, right? Yeah, no, that was, uh, I was hacked. Yeah, of course that was me, yeah. That was I was <laughs> I was sick. For Shabbos no, no, night. because it went to me. I don't know if it went to anybody else, so that was my question. No, no, I, I sent it to everybody. Okay. I sent it to everybody. Just, okay. I was, you sent it as a personal message to me. Okay. Yeah, so anyway. Um, I, I wound up with food poisoning somehow. In Israel? I don't know. No, I was back two days, and then I got food poisoning. I don't know how, but uh, was uh, awfully sick for like five days. It was terrible. Okay. Okay. Here's some Makoros that, at your leisure, you can look at. I collected all the Makoras from all the Gemaras, okay? So you'll have them in your uh, email. Thank you. So you said we should turn to the Rosh? Yes. Siman. Lamedaya. Lamed Gimel, sorry. You're looking for the words, Vahadigib Mikre Beria. Behind you, by any chance? Uh, no. no. Okay. I have the whole text here, but I thought I could help you find it. I don't remember now. I I remember roughly. Well, I think where it is on the page, but he's following the order of the Gemara, so you should be able to find it. Vahadabaria, Mikre. It's going to be right at the beginning. I did see you mention Beria. Yeah, that's the whole Gemara. Right in the beginning. Yeah. Right. Here. Here it is. Okay. Right here. Oh, that's further in. Yeah. Okay. okay. It's, uh, Can you the go Hadi Gid. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I have a Hadi Gid. Okay. Where is the Hadi Oh. Okay. Got it. That one I have. Yeah. That one came and went. Can you show Professor Professor where it is? Tony, do you have it? Look for it. Says Lakamanda for Kafbeis. I mean, where it says, no, where it says in parentheses, Lakaman Dafka phase. So, wait, here's the mission in the beginning, right? Yeah. So, it's going to be down. It's going to turn the page. Yeah, you can turn the page. There it is. 
Doesn't he have the same pagination? No, we're all different. We're all different. Oh. Yeah. We well, said Lama Dalit. Uh, Lama Gimel, uh, Lama Gimel. Oh, oh, go back, turn the page. Lama Yud. Lama Bez, Lama Gimel. Okay. Maybe it's at the very end. It should be here. Lama Levit Ruba, Dudava, Yavet, Harbet, Rebetim. Here, switch with me. I'll, I'll find it. I'm going to find it. I can't. Lama Shani Gid, the Beria, Have. Dachem Abi told that. The Hadigid Mikre Beria. Here's too small for me. Okay, here. I'll find it, I'll find it. It's over here. Um, <laughs> well, where'd it go? <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, it's right over here. The Hadigid Mikre Beria. The Hadigid Mikre Beria. The Hadigid Mikre Beria. Huh, that's, that's what it says right after that. Why don't you look on together and you'll find it later. Okay. Okay. The Hadigid Mikre Beria. The Chain Averminachai. The Dag Tame. The Of Tame. Avalo Of Tahor Mace. Not a kosher bird that died or had improper shechita. Damar Bahai Pirka, because it says in this parak, Um Achal Tsipur Tahora. Perish Rashi Lukaman, the Nevela lo Mikarya Beria, the lo Hayasa Nevela Kishenotsra. So, in other words, one characteristic of Beria is it has to have been Asur at the time of Bria, at the right. time that it was created, right? So, Aval Gid the Of Tame. Vebermenachai Chal Isurun Mishaash and Notzra Adkan Lashono. So Beria means something that was from the very beginning, not not a full Beria that absorbed Platus Isur from somewhere else, but something that by definition at its time of creation was Usur. I just take issue with one of those. Yeah. Oh, oh, let's say Of Tame, so that one makes a lot of sense. Of Tame is never. Mutter, but when you talk about Aver Minachai, so it's only because it's Minachai, but if you had an Aver that would be, let's say, had proper Shechita, so then it can... Yeah, but how does it start out? I know, but the, the potential to transform should exclude it from this category. Ah, right? but we didn't say that, right? Right. Yeah, okay, so that's good to note. You note you're refining the definition, right. but it's not logically inconsistent. Right, okay. Because okay? Aver Minachai starts out the Chezkas... Isur. Right. right. Okay. So, not only did the barrier have to be something created rather than made, but it still had its forbidden status from the time it was created. That is, it needs to be intrinsically usur, and not because of something it absorbed or some external act that did or didn't happen. The essential characteristic of a non-kosher species is that it's disqualified from the beginning. A kosher bird that died on its own may be nevela, and it may be prohibited, but it's not a barrier, and therefore does not disqualify any tarovas, no matter what the proportions. Uh, you you need to you know it's the 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 laws of Beetle follow that calculation. So we'll see a parallel situation with chatichavuyali skabeba, which which is a. Kavadika piece, right? Mm-hmm. Which follows in the same sugya in Gidon As a matter of fact, let's read the next few lines in the Gemara. The Mishnah it, it first discussed, right, the Gid ben Agidim case, then it presented an analogous din. This also appears as Gemara asks, to violate the laws of Bitubaruba. We'll skip the next few lines because they're parenthetical. We see them in Yurtzashem when we do Dabashabinya. Move down to the answer. Shani Khatiha Hoel Varuya Liskabeba Lifnea Orchin. Utsricha di Ashmin and Gid Mishum de Beryei. Bahatiha Emalo. 
They're the same din, but they you need each of them. So a piece in the vela isn't a barrier because it was we just saw in Rashi, it isn't intrinsically Esur, but it was rendered Esur by the lack of kosher shrita. So what's the reason that it isn't Batel Barov? Because there's a second analogous exception, the word vechain signals the analogy, right? And similarly, the Mishnah is talking about a good-sized piece is a dish worthy of placing in front of a guest. Such a kavadika piece of meat may be nevela midina Torah, but one is very much aware of its presence. It's no small thing. It is therefore a dover chashuv a considerable entity, a midrabanan, disturbs the process of bitul. So how about the dagtame, the piece of a non-kosher species of fish? Why isn't it a barrier? Because as we shall see, the barrier must be shlema, intact. Right? In order to disturb the bitul. And we're going to come back to this condition in a bit. So the post-scheme rule that the piece itself has to be the eser. That is, it cannot be a piece of kosher meat that absorbed pleitas isur. The phrase they use is that the piece must be asur machmas atzmo and not machmas davar acher. Because it's the piece that's not batel, not the isur that's balua in it. So I, I just you threw something there that I, that I didn't quite understand with the dog, right? Yeah. So what... Why is it that a dog is not uh, disturbing the bitul? Well, the dog tame has to be big enough to disturb the bitul. It has to be a covered so piece. But if it go, isn't, you went fishing, and you know you're the type of you throw your fish into the chomp, right? And then you realize that oh my gosh, that might have been a, a dog tame, right? Or I don't know. So somehow. Does that disturb the bethel or does it not? Well, but we're talking about chaticha shel dog. Oh, right. right. Okay. So therefore, only way that that would disturb the beetle would be is if it were big enough right. to be a davar chashuv. So chaticha is that's in the next siman that we'll see Bezos Hashem, but it's different from here. But again, remember that this whole, it, it's consistent, it's coherent because the it has to be Asur machmas atzmos has to be a piece of dog tame or a piece of nevela. It can't be a piece of meat that absorbed non-kosher gravy from another animal. Okay, right? Because that would just be pleitasa isur. Okay, so that's be asur machmas atzmo. The two dinim beria and chaticha ruyaliskabeit share the characteristic that it's the thing itself that must constitute the isur, not some condition that happened to it later in its existence. Okay, so far so good? All right. So there do appear, however, to be exceptions to this rule, so we may need a secondary rule to cover them as well. So let's go on in the rush. V'kasheh! V'arei chelev ha-mechases ha-karev, v'chelev ha-klayos, v'orla, klayei ha-karev, da-asiri mishas briyason u-vetele. How about chelev, which is over the kerev and the the chelev that's on the uh, kidneys, right? And uh, those things are asher mishas briyasan, but how come they could be batel? So it's in Parshas Vayikra that we'll read, God willing, in a few weeks. In Hamishi, by the way. So the Torah tells us that for a par hachatas, the Kohen burns certain fats on the Mizbeach. Right? I, I know it from Laney, right? So it's Yes Kol Chaylev Parachata Us Yarimi Menu Esachaylev Hamechase Esacherev Vies Kol Achaylev Asher Alacherev. Sound familiar? Okay. These forbidden fats are not considered barrier, and the question's why. So what what's the rush doing? What are the Shonim doing? They're taking all these categories of things which are or aren't, and they're after the fact, creating a topology of rules in order to explain them. Okay? So, davar she'im 
Ein shmoa love nikra beria. This is a fascinating condition. Let's parse this. Anything that loses its name when it's cut up into pieces is a beria. The Rush gives two examples. The of tame shale nikra of. She ain't shalem, ain't karino so of, ela chatichas of tame. It should be shocking to you that we yeah. go on yeah. human language, right? Okay? Or, you know, when a non kosher species of fat, let's just understand it first, it's not shalem. How do we define it? Just by like, like what the society is? Oh, let's see, let's see. Let's just first understand it and then. We'll try to figure out how they came to this, right? When a non-kosher species of fowl is not shalim, then we don't have a bird, but rather a piece of bird. So, at first this does seem arbitrary, right? But I think upon further reflection, we can see it as coherent with the previous characteristic. A piece of a non-kosher species in the pot is to be distinguished from a full barrier. Barrier is a description of a creature of indeterminate size. Chazal disqualified barrier from Bitul, not a piece of barrier. It's the full barrier that's not Betela. Just like the full Chaticha has to be a primary source of Eser. Right? I think we're beginning to get a full picture here. Okay? V'chein gid nikra Chatichas gid. V'chein eber minachaya v'al nevela afilu Chaticha Mikra Nevela. We all call it Nevela. Nevela is a class, a description, not an object. The whole Dabarshin is Nabel Karui Nevela, the Eno Shame Etzem, he says. Ooh. Nevela, says, is a descriptive noun, not the name of an object. Boy, this is very philological. This is very philosophy of language here, right? Of course, we really do not need this additional point because we already disqualified Nivelo on the grounds that it's not intrinsically us or it wasn't Mishal right. Shinot, right? But let's explore this further in Paragid and Usha, okay? So let's put the rush aside. We'll come back to the rush, but let's put the rush aside for a minute and just see some of the Gemaras that inform this, okay? I will definitely get you these notes because um, the transcript of this because... This is a little bit, this is a little heavy, right? Yeah. Okay. I was going to ask you to repeat it. In yeah, it's a little bit heavy, right? Yeah. But, but I, can, I can clarify it, okay? But uh, Tani looks uh, particularly calm and copacetic today. You seem like you're with me. Copacetic. copacetic. Yeah. Okay. All right, good. <laughs> okay. Um, so let's look at Daf Kuf Bey's Ahmed Bey's. The, uh, by the way, here I remember it's the last four words. In the Gemara, Dav Kuf Beis Amud Beis Amud Aleph. Sorry, the last four words in the in the Amud. I can picture it. Yeah, Ha Atashma Damarav. Interesting, by the way. Tashma introduces a Brisa. Rav is a Amora. But what does the Gemara say about Rav? He's in the swing generation. Tanahu the Pollock, right? Okay. So Tashma Damarav, Achal Tzipur Tahora Bechayefa. He ate a kosher fowl in its Lifetime, Bechol Shechu. The Misasa, the Kazayis, in order to get Malkos, right? Utmeya, non kosher, Bein Bechayecha, Bein Bemisasa, Bechol Shechu. So following Perish Rashi here. Bechayecha, Bechol Shechu, because it's Eber Minachai. But Bemisasa, when Eber Minachai no longer applies, it's Nevela. And Nevelah's Iser Achila mandating a Torashir of Kezayis as applies. Right? This all makes sense. Unless there's a statement to the contrary. Now, look at Rashi's words here very carefully. V'chol Achila b'Kezayis. All Achila has a shear of Kezayis. Bar except for Me'ever Minachai. De Rab Yekra V'kapira Ever L'chudeh. Because the verse has a, is more makbid. Tmeya bein bechayecha, bein b'misasa b'kol shehu, chayev deberiyehi, v'lo tzrich hashior k'detenan be'elu hein halokin, be'ochel nemala kol shehu chayev mishum shehi k'briyasa. That's what the Gemara said. We're beginning to get the reason that Chazal maybe were machmir in Beria. Why? Because the Torah was. 
So remember I said it's Durabunin, but it's the Durabunin modeled on the toe restriction. Alma Beria Asura Becholshevu about love the Neveil and Leka Lechayuve Mishum Beria to Kishenivres Lo Haya Aleha Shem Neveil. Hilkach Alav the Neveil only Ad Kazais. Mikhaev only Ad Kazais. Okay? How about the Pasuk? He got shorts Ish Oas Isha for Mace. Sako Yisakel. Hashor veloye achel esbesaro uval hashor naki. Recognize that? A few weeks, right? Okay. The rush, right? The chain. Let's go back to the rush. The chain shor haniska lo mikre beria. Are you with me? The chain shor haniska lo mikre beria kidemuchach beperkarovus. Mishum dixi velo ye ochel as pisaro, demashma filo chaticha chasmi menu, avahacha kamar lo tochalo sum ben gadol ben katan, ki al shlemu son nikrayin kain, adkan lashoda. So we see now another feature barrier. Chazal modeled it on Dine Hatora and the punishments prescribed for eating various creatures. Velo ye ochel as pisaro in the pasuk of Shor Niskal renders its meat completely usher, not just the shore in its entirety. It's an exception because of a pasuk. Now the Gemara in Makos discusses a chita, a grain of wheat. Rabbi Shimon wonders whether a kernel of wheat is not analogous to a namala. The majority opinion there is that the beria we are discussing here must be a berias neshama, something that lived, right? Uh, an animal or a Insect. In other words, animal and not vegetable in the old oh. game of 21 questions, right? For a succinct definition of barrier, so where do we have this all collected? Let's turn to the Ron in Parakeet and Asha. So, by the way, it's Thaflamid Vav Amad Aleph Bidapay Arif. So, it's a shame that you didn't get these sources because I apologize because I had them all in an order. I'm just reading from, I collected them, you can see the whole, how it all fits together. But you'll see it now, after the fact, and now you'll be forced to review. <laughs> so there's method to my madness. You'll say if the trip was successful, it, yes. it was good for, oh, professionally? Professionally, as good. well. That's great. That's and great. you? I'm I just looking for a yeshiva for my kid, that's all. And that's successful? Yeah, it was great. Yeah. I found two Where? good ones that he'd thrive at either of them. Where is that? In both of them in uh, Beit Shemesh, in Ramat Beit Shemesh. It'd be either Lepa Torah or uh, Yesodia Torah. They're both fine, fine institutions. Beautiful. I can stay away from the hot spots. Yeah. yeah, we didn't burn any garbage cans or spit on anybody <laughs> while we were there. Yeah. Okay. I was glad, glad to find out that my... Um, Mishpacha in Ramat Beit Shemesh is on the good side. It's on the good side. They're on the being spit upon side, not the spitting side. Yeah. Okay. I called the fire department the first time I saw a dumpster burning when yeah. I was in Israel. I just didn't know what it was. Yeah. They hung up on me. Yeah, is that I told them to say, no, is, that, <laughs> is that Is that my friend? No, no. I'm in Kula. And there's a dumpster on fire. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah like, it's Tuesday, like of course. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I remember going to you know what I'm shocked about is to go into Tel Aviv now and actually find. My wife says I live in the past, but I actually find kosher restaurants. I remember when I was in Merkazarab in the '70s, in the early '70s. I remember going to Tel Aviv. I couldn't find anything to eat, so I finally find a misada that has a big kasher sign, and it actually has a tuda from Rabbanu. It's a deli, so I walk in there. And in the refrigerated thing there, next to the salami, is a big open glass of milk. So I said to the guy, "Yesh chalav." He says, "Zamafriya lecha." So same thing, right? You know, same thing. Same thing. Okay. So we're going to where it's in the parentheses. Yeah, so the Heve Yodea, do you see that? The words of Heve Yodea? In the Ron. In the Ron. 
In the Ran. In the Ran. We're in Dapea Rif, but okay. the Ran. The Hebe Yodea, the low Mikre Beria, Ella Begimo Tanayim. That has to be three conditions. There are only two large print. Uh, what 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 print, um, what edition do you have? You don't have the Vilna Shas? What do you it's have? It is. I don't have the fancy updated Vilna Shas. Okay. But uh, this is what I have. This is this is what it looks like. This is that. Okay. Do you, do you know where? No, that's why I'm asking. Okay, so let's take a time. Uh, let's take a minute. Yeah. So you can, what, what was it? What was we're only it? reading like 15 words. Yeah, you got it. You got it. Okay. Have your day. The low mikre barrier. Ella b'shloshat tonight. Three conditions. Achad shei sura migufa. Has to be right. Uh, not because of something else, but it itself. Hasheni shetei barish neshama. Uhashlishi shetei shlema. Okay. The three things. Okay. Now, let's go on. I'm going to go. Look, can I go a little longer? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. Okay. So we have these three conditions: sheyehei isur migufa, dehaino mishaa Right? Not because of something that something really happened. This is the reason that what is not a barrier, nevela. Right? For the purposes of bitul. Right? Shetehei barrios neshama. This is the reason that a kernel of wheat that is tevel is not barrier for the purposes of bitul, and hashlishi shetehei shlema. Now the mechaber to the ron adds a fourth condition, one that we saw in the rush in Gita Nasha, and which the mechaber adds in seif aleph. Shehi davar shalem shim yechalek ein shmolav. And that's the reason that what is in a barrier? Chelev. Chelev is a category, not an object. In the words of Tosfas, Hatam talui dechol she'ibed shmo kshenetach have barrier. The Ron concurs with this condition. He wrote it, however, parenthetically and in a somewhat different wording. In the Tanaya Barish Neshama, the Ron commented, Umihu chelev lo mikre afal pishetei berish neshama fisha ein kulo b'makom echad ve'ein ein beria shehi mikubetzes keachad. He says a little differently, and he doesn't say it is a condition. He says it's a disqualification. What it really means, it's a condition. Okay. So now we have a pretty good halachic definition of beria. Okay, this formulation, by the way, the Ron appears of Fianni to capture the same characteristic without the indeterminacy of personal usage, and therefore I think it's clearer uh, the way the Ron says it that it doesn't, it's not dependent on usage of language, but dependent on whether it's gathered in one place. Okay, the Gemara cited by the Rush and the Ron is the Mamer, by the way, of Rava Bar Ravhuna in the third parak of Makos. And if you want to look it up, it would have been in those sources that had I sent them. So, but just for your purposes, it's Tes Zion Amud Beis. Amarava Baravhuna Reseik Tisha Nemalim. If you crushed nine ants. Ve'evi Echad Chai Ve'ishlomam Lekezais And you brought one full one and put them together and you have a Kezais. Loke Shisha why? Chamisha mishum beria, ve'echad mishum kezayis nevela. So there are two components of makos here: five for the whole ant mishum beria, and one for the kezayis nevela. Now, why the five? So anybody here learned makos? So if you haven't, I'll make it easy for you. Let me enlighten you a bit. There are multiple lobbying in the Torah that may apply. They can be found in Parsha Shmini in Shvi'i, and in Parsha Re'eh, I think it's in Chamishi. There are two general lavin prohibiting um, creepy crawlers and then other specific ones. Three apply to those on land, two to those in the water. There's an eighth that applies to flying insects. The Gemara Makos gives examples of crawlers that involve multiple lavin, and hence, 
multiple Malkos punishments. Abaye, just above the Memra that I just quoted, explains the Chamesh of eating a Nimala. The ant contains the two general lavin of creepy crawlers and the three lavin of those on the land. Atsira libels the one who consumes it to six. In addition to the other five, the Tzira also flies, so it brings about Sheretz, it also brings along Sheretz Elf. Okay? That's the, all the, it's a sp- 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 very specialized area of halacha. So let's consider Rava Baravuna, not simply for the details about the numbers he provides, but for the general conceptual approach. And it relates to something that I think I cited briefly before. From the Arach HaShokhan, I think maybe last time. Rava Bar Rav Huna creates a case where there can be six sets of malkos for eating the malos rather than just five as Abaye stipulated. And just as an aside, I think, this is Rava Braid Rava Bar Rav Huna, who's a 4th century Amora who's cholek on his father in Ketza and Mivarchin and prompts Abaye to rule Kvase de Rava Barye de Rava Bar Rav Huna Mistabra. So we know that Rava Braid de Rava Bar Rav Huna said Torah before Abaye. It's not critical, but it just it gives a sense of the elliptical shakla vitarya here. You know, it's just I'm sensitive to who was talking. Right? The point of the maimer here is that the prohibition against eating a barrier can combine with others to effect a greater number of malkos. So we benefit from the maimra in acquiring two good points. Here's the situation spelled out. A person mashes up a bunch of ants. The Amora suggests nine passed on a sense of the average bulk of an ant in his environs. A tenth live ant is added to the mixture, bringing the aggregate to the volume of Kazais. Tosus explains, Risei perus shaling. Echad chai. Chai means shaling. Not that it's still alive. By the way, we say Am Yisrael chai, we mean Am Yisrael is intact. We don't mean necessarily that you know, they're in prison breathing, right? We mean they're intact, okay? That's what chai means. Avalvadai havames. Te i ratza lomar chai mama, shimkein heach mashlin lukazayis nevelos. Right? So it has to be dead. He means chai shalom. He doesn't mean that's alive. The chiddush here is that the intact ant involves five lavin of its own while combining with the mashed up ones to effect an easer of Achilles Nevelos. Okay, all very, very particular. I don't expect you to remember it. I just want you to understand it. So there's a natural question. Why does the additional land have to be intact if there's a Kazais? Right? The Lushan of Achila in the Pasuk indicates not that each ant has to be Kazais, but that one ate in aggregate a Kazais. Okay? Anyway, this is pretty technical stuff. I just, you know, I think I said this over because people had learned Makos when I first did this. Okay? What do we walk away from that whole Makos thing? If you're interested in it, um, you know, that the issue of barrier applies only to when the creature is shalane. So this question of shalane triggers the explanation of the Aruch HaShulchan that um, uh, I'd like to mention. In Sif Cut and Bays, write, write down this source, it's an important one. The Aruch HaShulchan notes that the post scheme used this requirement to explain the Chumrah of Beria, to Hainu, that Chazal noted the Torah's stringency requiring Makos even for less than a Kazais when the Beria was shalling. They therefore followed the Torah's stringency and rendered it outside the realm of Betul. They modeled it on Beria. Just as the Torah was Machmira, so were Chazal. We can find this reasoning, I think, implied elliptically in the words of Rashi. That's in the Rashi. 
Okay? So there's an interesting discussion in the Ran and Nazir. I'll just mention it's a very famous um, Chakira. As to whether Chazal are instituting a rabbinic Chumrah in Beria or deriving a Torah one. The consensus is that we do not have enough grounds to consider Beria anything other than a Chumrah Midrabanan. And so the Taz declares explicitly in Sif Katan Aleph. This has implications, of course, in the case of Suffolk Beria, right? Which you're going to have. That's going to be like, a lot of Shilas about that. Somebody got up in, in the shop this morning, they found it in the Chulin. They, they're not sure if it's a full bug or not a bug. Okay? The pre Kaddish declares without reservation the statement, Achare Rabim Lahatos, is unequivocal and applies in every case, including Beria, Mina Torah. The exception of Beria is only the Rabbanit. So now the, the Beria has to be removed from the Tavas. If it's a Devar Maus, something that's disgusting, then we don't require Shishim to nullify its flavor. The context of Sif Beis in the Mechaber is things that are not Ma'usim. Flies, for instance, do not require Shishim once they've been removed intact. If they're tiny, then we need to pour the liquid in the pot through a sieve that can capture the tiny insects. In Sif Gimel, the Mechaber discussed what happened if the beria fell in Shalem and then is lost in the pot. So this can happen with a thick soup that cannot make it through the sieve. So the post can suggest that one pour out the soup little by little until kli. If the smaller amount is checked and one cannot find the berry in it, we can assume it's still in the larger pot. So that's what they do. You've got a big, huge institutional pot. You pour out enough to eat and you check that. I have to admit that I'm a little bit more squeamish. Um, if it was in there, I'm probably throwing the soup away, right? But uh, the question is whether or not you're obligated to. If so the, we make a big deal about time about a fly? Meaning, or is it just meaning, the, right? And if you're removing the fly, let's say you can move a, remove a fly. Now, are, we're worried about being evaporated its uh, flavor also? Yeah, so the fact is, it doesn't require shishim because it's devarmaus, so you don't worry about the flavor. With fl- you don't with a devar ma'us, you don't worry about the flavor. You only worry about the thing. I'm just surprised that we have we have this idea of that flies have flavor. Mm. Well, everything yeah. has. You know, I won't. I you know, I won't ask you to test it. But um, <laughs> but apparently, if you had a big glass full of flies, dead flies, and you chuggalugged it, I think, I, know it's ma'us. Ma'us. I think you would have a. That's a. That everybody finds it ma'us, right? All right. I think I'm getting a little too graphic. I'm I actually think, getting uh, nauseous. I think there's a reason I come to Shear, not on Fear Factor. Yeah, I think, um, I think I'm getting a little nauseous, actually, <laughs> from that. Okay? So the Lav de Berry does not entail an Isar Achilles Kazayis. One couldn't reach the six, why couldn't one reach the six Malkos penalties just by any Kazayis and mash dance together? So the one ant must be Shalim for there to be an Isar Beria. Ants that are not intact but are mashed up can only qualified for Nevela. Okay? So, um, if a berry is sufficiently large that we would definitely find it, we can assume it dissolved and rely on Shishim. And you can find this, by the way, in the name of the pre-Toar, in the Sifse Das O Zion. He lived mostly in the 18th century. You know him by his more famous Sefer, the Orachayim on Chumash. He was, of course, Rabbi Chaim ben Moshe ibn Atar, usually known as the Or Achaim HaKadosh. His Sefer in Yeridea takes its essential point of departure from the Pre-Chadosh, which we should at some point examine in greater detail. What's that? It's called the Pre-Toar. We did gloss over one very extraordinary opinion in the Rishoni, derived from the Yishalmi. It's discussed by the Rashba in detail in Torah Sabais. <coughs> According to this svara, a berry is in fact betela in tatkas. Nine sixty. Okay. Mm. There's an opinion, and they derive from the shami. If you look in the Torah Sabayis, he'll actually tell you how to do the calculation. Nine hundred sixty. Nine hundred sixty. Mm. This is rejected by the major rishonim, but it comes into play in a kula suggested by the crazy placey and the aruch hashulchan. So the aruch hashulchan in our siman observes that during the summer months. 
it was pretty impossible to avoid tiny ants that would get into food, especially flour. So he praises those people who are medoctakine, but wonders if there's a way to derive a heter for the hamona'am who are not careful. So the crazy place um wrote, and it's cited by the Pisgah Tshuva here as well, the one can rely on the Shita Bitul, one to which the Bahag ascribes, by the way. The Mishkinos Yaakov adds another side heter. These insects can only be found within food and combine, cannot exist on their own, so they're not chashuv and should therefore not be considered bare yet. What's the logic again? <coughs> so, Say what? what? Sorry, what's that logic again? How is that relevant to bare if they're naturally found in the food? <coughs> Since an insect, these particular insects that we're discussing, mm-hmm. can only be found within the food and cannot exist on their own, they're not chashuving, and they shouldn't be considered barrier. So add to this yet another tzadheter proposed by the Archashokhan, that these bugs are devarim hamausin, and even though they bear a punishment of malkos, they're not included in the gzera of barrier, just as barrier srucha isn't, if you had a barrier that, you know, was no longer raui lachila. He therefore lays down the principle, kol davar shenafsho shaladam katsabo batelhu. Wow. That's the Oracle Shulchan. That can upend the whole life from that. It sure can. It sure can. I call to your attention. Bishas um, HaDachak, it's a good Omali uh, swell. Which siman is this in the Oracle Kuf. Same as art. Okay. Okay? Now, this is pretty much what you need to know about Beria, right? And of course, I top it off just by reading through the Mechaber and the Ramah straight through, right? But this is pretty much what you need to know about Beria. We'll do Hati Chavriyalis Kabepa, and then we'll <coughs> we'll do Davar Sheishlamatirin, and uh, a little bit of before we go to Kufhei, which will end Tarubas, which means that the sperm sale has arrived. And if you don't own a, a bus or a chalav, uh, we get one. Because, God willing, we'll be there soon. Okay? It's already here. Today it starts. I think it starts today, yeah. Yeah, it begins. Yeah. Okay. All right. I have to, uh, um, I have to stay away. I can't go on a Sunday because my wife will check my car when I get home. Mm-hmm. See what I... You don't have enough sparring. I have maybe yeah. about 12,000 sparring. So you don't have enough shoes? Yeah. That's, my yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good.